and welcome back to the Being Husband Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan West, bringing you guys another episode here, telling you guys, like I always do, thank you for being a part of the work that we're doing. Just if you've been with us for any length of time, then you know what we're all about. We're here to help you as a man live on mission in your marriage. And today is no different than that, because I'm going to be sharing with you some some personal stuff. I'm going to be sharing with you guys five lessons that I've personally learned about how to communicate with my wife. Five personal lessons that I've learned uh, on how to communicate with my wife in the years that I've been married. So um, for context, me and my wife have been together since we were in high school. And that's since junior year of high school. And then we got married right after college. So we're looking at five years this year in 2021, which is crazy. But we've been together like 11. We've been together a long time. I've, I've grown up with this woman. I've grown up with this girl who became a woman in the time that we were together. And I've I've, I've done some things. Just, I've, I've done some things. I've said some things. I've been some things that weren't optimal, that weren't best. And so I'm trying to shed some light on those things so that you don't make the same mistake that your big brother Jonathan made, that your that your compadre Jay Westo might have uh, dabbled into. So let's go ahead and jump in. One of the first things that I wanted to share uh, is I learned how to respond instead of react. You know, James 1 and 19 talks about this. It, it reads, um, know this, my brothers, let every person be quick to hear slow to speak, and slow to anger. Now, James is not particularly talking to husbands. He's talking to Christians in general in relation to their relationship with each other as a church. But I think that this example, and you've heard this before, this James 1 and 19, uh, you know, be slow to speak and, and, and quick to listen, quick to hear. You've heard that before. You can apply that to your marriage overwhelmingly so and you probably have tried to apply that in the marriage but I'm going to try to give you some practical things that I did that helped me so again there's a distinction to be made between responding and reacting and this is what James is getting at here when it comes to reactions reactions are knee-jerk first thing you do right like someone hits you in the face, you immediately go for a gut punch, right? Or, or wife says something really out of the way, like, I can't believe you're that lazy. And your immediate response is, Who you, I'm not lazy. I'm you know what I mean? You kind of get defensive and you get upset with her. And one of the things that I had to do and I had to learn as, again, as a husband, as somebody that is um, attempting to set the tone, attempting to take the high road, attempting to lead us back to the father is I had to slow down my thinking and I had to slow down my breathing in relation to this. So it sounds crazy, sounds hokey, sounds like something that your yoga instructor would say. But honestly, if you take a step back from the situation and you don't say anything at first, like so, it's just, so example, um, you know, Leah hits me with the, I can't believe you left the socks out again, you know. Instead of initially going to, I, well, I, of course I left my socks out. I've been so busy. Da, 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 and you get all, you know, it's just I, I learned to kind of take a step back and not respond, not say anything. In fact, one of the things that I do right now, and it's kind of a joke, uh, when she does that, I kind of say to her, baby, 
I'm not going to give you any energy right now. I'm not going to entertain any of that stuff you kicking up right now. <laughs> and I do it kind of in jest and she ends up laughing as a result. And, and, and what I, what I've done in that situation is I took something that she felt was very, very important. Um, and, and was kind of nagging about it. Now you have to be careful with this cause it might be something that's really, really critical. So you don't want to make a joke of everything, but if she's being, you know, a little, you know, kind of immature or whatever, kind of throwing a tantrum, you can definitely employ this. And the result is going to be her kind of, you know, takes the air out of the situation. That's what I'm saying. Um, If it's something that is a little bit more heavy, then you don't respond initially. You just kind of deal with that. You just kind of sit with that. You take the abuse and you you fix the situation. You pick up the socks if it's socks. But likely if it's socks, it's probably something that's not that big of a deal. Um, so, yeah, slow down your thinking, slow down your breathing, and understand that she's communicating something else. And we'll get into that here in a little bit. But um, that's the first thing I would tell you to do is is – don't react when she first hits you with this stuff. That's something that I had to learn is, is responses are going to be better. Responses come usually after you've taken time to sit with the complaint, to divorce the complaint from the emotional outburst that was behind it. Right. So what are the facts? OK, the fact is I got socks on the floor. OK, the fact is. She probably thinks that I am lazy or she probably thinks that I'm untrustworthy because I've not done what I said that I was going to do. That's the facts. That is probably something that she's communicating that she's at this current moment unable to maturely articulate. (laughs) Okay, and if you can do that, you get to a point where it becomes second nature. So I, I, I'm not perfect at this. I don't have it down pat, but that's something that I always try to do is I, I either diffuse it if it's something kind of small by making a joke that baby, look, I'm not going to give you any energy or I immediately fix it without saying a word. And then I will address the actual issue of her, you know, talking to me in a disrespectful way or, you know, basically setting that boundary to say, hey, you know, we... I'm happy to help in any way that I can, but I'm not going to tolerate being disrespected. That's not something that I'm going to live by. I'm not going to disrespect you, and I want you not to disrespect me because that's not honoring to God, and that's certainly not honoring to the man that married you. And I think you doing that after the fact, after you've done what you said that you were going to do that you maybe didn't do, or maybe, maybe you didn't say you were going to do it. Right. But it just, it's a thing that needs to get done. If it's heavy and it's intense and you don't think a joke's going to (laughs) be the appropriate thing to, to, uh, jump into, go ahead, do what needs to be done and then address the disrespect later. Give a response and not a reaction. And you've got to pay attention to the sub communication. That's that's one of the things. So so one of you know I I put a post on IG uh, asking guys um, asking guys tips uh, for this episode because I kind of wanted to get everybody involved in this because I know that most of us uh, struggle with this in our marriage. 
Um, and so I asked a guy and and he posted or I put it in my story, I should say. And one of my buddies, he, he said, listen, uh, listen and then listen a little more. <laughs> and that's that's Trey Heyman. He's he's a pastor. Uh, you give him a follow at Trey Heyman on Instagram. He, he's got a, a church that he's building out uh, here in Nashville. But anyway, that's what he said. And I thought that, that was valuable. And what what I added to that was just pay attention to subcommunications because there's there's something that your wife is saying beyond just what she said. So the example of the socks, again, what I was talking to you about before. You may have said that you were going to pick those socks up, but you never got around to it because you forgot or whatever the case may be. And her reacting in the way that she did is an indication typically that, I mean, out of frustration, right? Obviously, she's frustrated with you because you, you haven't done it yet. But behind that typically is, okay, well, if he can't do what he says he's going to do, then I can't trust him. Right. To do anything. If he's not able to pick up the socks, then he's certainly not going to be able to take care of a baby. <laughs> you know, and, and that may sound extreme and excessive. And to some degree it is. But you have to you have to understand everything that you're doing in this relationship is communicating truth about who you are as a man is communicating something about who you are as a man. Are you a man that is going to do what he says he's going to do? Are you a man that is going to deliver in hard times, if you can't deliver in not so hard times. And so her sub communication when she's feeling that way is, you know, you might see a furrowed brow on her face or, you know, you might see her kind of like tense up or she's got an angry look or, you know, a, a just a mean mug <laughs> of some kind. And that's communicating frustration, but you're never frustrated first. You're hurt first and then you get frustrated. So if you can understand that, you can respond to her hurt emotions or her hurt feelings as opposed to reacting to her disrespecting you. And you address hear me say this. Address the disrespect if that's going on. That's not healthy. That's not good. That's not honoring God and that's not honoring you. So address the disrespect, but you have to do it in a way that is um centered in a way that is grounded in a way that is um has some gravity to it if you're just reacting and you're like yeah i can't believe you do that to me you're coming off as overly emotional you're coming off as as not a a man that knows who he is and knows what he's about you're coming off as somebody that needs her approval always and that's not healthy so Again, respond over react. Don't react. Only respond in any of those situations. And sometimes the response is going to be a lighthearted joke to kind of break the tension. Sometimes the response is going to be doing what the thing is and addressing the disrespect once you've calmed down and gotten yourself out of the emotional state that she puts you in. Number two, number two, um, be honest and direct without being a jerk. One of the guys on my IG, um, he put, uh, don't be afraid of upsetting her. Right? Don't be afraid of her emotions. And then I just added to it, I would say, don't intentionally try to. So again, be honest with her. And so here, here's an example that I ran into. 
earlier part in our relationship, anything she put on and she asked me, what do you think about this? I would just say, yeah, it looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you look great. Da, 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 da. Yeah, you, you, your butt looks good. Da, 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 da. You know what I mean? And that whole thing. And it wasn't honest. I wasn't honest about it. I didn't really take time to evaluate her aesthetic. And she knew that because, frankly, women are better at picking up subcommunication than men are. So she was able to tell I was disinterested, really. And I just wanted to end the conversation because I didn't want to say the wrong thing because I was, what, scared of her emotional reaction and again going back to what we were talking about before about being um being a man that is grounded and has some gravity to him that's going to require you being honest it's going to require you being genuine but that's not going to require you doing that in a way that is disrespectful, in a way that gets her emotionally flustered, whatever. And so the best solution that I found is when she hits me with the question about, you know, baby, what do you think about this look? And I don't think it looks good on her or I don't think she's aesthetically pleasing, you know, and that's what she's asking. Do you think that I'm pretty? And if I don't think that that outfit does that for her, I will not I will say, you know, that's really not doing it for me. And here's why. And then proceed to give her a solution. Here's something that I think would look better. Here's an aesthetic that I think is more appropriate for the situation. And as a result, you know, she may end up going with the first decision. She likely won't because she wants to she wants to look good. She wants to look good for you and she wants to look good with you. Um, She likely is going to, you know, change to what you suggested because you gave such a good answer. Um, But going forward, what that's establishing is, again, trust and you're seeing a theme here trust is key trust is key because if she doesn't have that in the relationship she's going to translate that if she doesn't have that in regards to just her aesthetic just her look she's not going to trust you with other things she's not going to trust you in the same way with her body right she's not going to trust you in the same way when it comes to kids she's not going to trust you in multiple facets because trust is something that carries over from domain to domain. And so if you're not honest and upright in one area, she's going to nine times out of 10, assume you're not honest and upright in every area. So that's a big key of, of what I learned is, is being honest and being direct and not being a jerk about it. Cause there's a difference in, <laughs> there's a difference in honey. You look like, you look like crap, you look like trash. That's not helpful. <laughs> okay, that's honest and that's direct, but that's not helpful at all. A better approach is, you know, I really don't think that looks the best for you, right? I, I think that there are other things in your closet that look better. Here are some choices that I think would look good for the occasion. Here's what I, here's what I really like to see. I really like the way that you look in this. And, you know, here's, here's how I do your, here's how, you know, I, I would do your hair. And you just provide a solution. You provide an answer. You provide some clarity. You don't just be honest and drop a bomb on her and then leave her there to deal with the residual damage. You, you, you honest, honestly give her the, the, the uh, answer and then you give her a solution, an option. And that's helpful. That's a helpful way to do that. Number three, um, one of the things that I, that I learned is I, I got to always have a plan. I got to always have a plan and then be open to pushback on the plan. Classic thing that all of us run into every single night. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Honey, 
what's for dinner? <laughs> what's for dinner? That's the question that everybody asks all the time. Your wife is always going to ask you that. She's probably going to ask you that to the day you die. So just get used to it. It's going down. It's going to happen. Uh, one of the things that I learned is that when I would say, I don't know, honey, what do you want? I'm putting that stress of deciding on her. Here's the thing, gentlemen. And this is something that is, we don't talk about it in this context enough. We do not live in the 50s anymore, right? And that goes without saying. Um, there, there is no, you know, nine times out of 10, you know, your wife is not uh, at home all the time. Um, she's probably either got a side hustle or has got a full-time job. That's just the, the nature of the beast with where we're at right now in the world and in the economy. With that being said, she's likely been making decisions all day. Even if she is a stay-at-home mom, she's likely been making decisions about the kids and what's for lunch and what's for snack and how they're doing. You know, and then at work, if she's working, you know, is my boss going to be okay with this? Like, I got to do this. Da, 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 da. She's been making decisions all day long. And so the last thing that she wants to hear when she asks you what's for dinner is, I don't know, what do you want? <laughs> now you're putting the work back on her to make the decision. And that, you know, while she's capable, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about capabilities here. We're talking about easing the burden, easing the burden. Right. If we're if we're to love our wives as, as, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it, easing the burden, making hard decisions, making decisions at all is part of that role and responsibility. So a better response than, honey, I don't know. What do you want? I just want to make you happy. Which is here's the thing. Here's one thing. That's actually really kind of you to do that. Right? Don't misunderstand me. It's very kind of you to say, you know, I just want to make you, you know, uh, happy with this choice. I want you to be pleased because that's really what you're saying. You're not saying, you know, I'm going to be a pushover and let you walk all over me. That's not what we're saying when we say I want you to be happy. What we're really trying to communicate is, um, you, you know, I, I want you to enjoy what we eat as well as me enjoying what we eat. And that's a well-intentioned. That's a you got a good heart. You know what I'm saying? You're really trying to do your best for your for your wife. Um, best case. And I'm thinking best case scenario. Some some guys are just lazy and they don't want to make decisions. But I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because you and I, you know, we've been you, you've been listening to the show for a minute. I'm assuming you've probably hit me up on IG. I, I, I mean, you've had conversations. I'm assuming that's not you. I'm assuming you're coming from a good place when you say that. But I think what the thing is, is that. Again, you're putting that pressure back on her to make that decision. And you know what you want to eat. You know what you like. You're easy to please, probably. So go with what you normally like to eat. So Leah, for example, now when she asked me what's for dinner, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm actually feeling Panda Express. You know, I'm actually feeling Popeye's tonight. This is really what I want to do. And she's like, uh, you know, I, I really don't want any fast food. You know, I'm kind of thinking we should cook. All right, I'll give you one option for a cook. I, I'll cook this thing. I don't really want that. I'll say, look, these are the three things that I'm comfortable doing. If you've got something alternative to that, suggest that to me. Usually there's a silence on the phone after that. <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, we can just go with, you know, Panda, right? And, and, and that, 
what I've done in that situation is I've taken away all the options because options paralyze people, right? If you, 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 you know this, you, you've probably seen your wife whenever she's trying to get ready for work, perhaps maybe not during COVID, but you understand. And she's got a million different clothes options. She's like, ah, oh, what should I wear to work? I don't know what I should wear today. Help me pick out something to wear today, right? She's got all this choice and it's paralyzing her. <laughs> and that's called, you know, um, you know, analysis paralysis or, or the paradox of choice. And so what, you know, you've done by saying, here are my three things that I want to do, two fast food options and one thing that I'm willing to cook or one thing that I would I will help you cook. By doing that, you've summed up all the different options that could be out there and given her three. And now she can select between those three or she can push back and just have you select between those three. You see what I'm saying? You've eased the burden of responsibility of making that choice because now she doesn't have to worry about making the wrong choice, right? Whatever that is, because that's something that's a fear, right? Making the wrong choice. Now, if it's the wrong choice, if she doesn't like it, it's on you and she can go to bed knowing that it was your fault. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but you've taken the pressure off of the situation. You've helped her navigate through the paradox of choice and that, again, is establishing, say it with me, trust. Next, the fourth thing that I learned, being married, and this is key, especially for times like these, provide levity in hard times and provide gravity in good times. Now, Jonathan, man, you, you, what is levity, man? What's gravity, man? What do you mean, man? What, that, that's not something that we do. What I'm talking about is when times are hard, that is the time when I have learned that I needed to make times good, make times light, make times fun, make times enjoyable in the house. And when times are good, I say, hey, we're having a really great time, but I want to stress to you the importance of X, Y, Z. And kind of get her back centered onto what's really, really important in life. It's not running around to the movies. It's, it's getting our household in order, right? And then not in hard times when, when that's the default is to get our house in order. I'm also saying, hey, let's crack open a bottle of wine. Hey, let's, let's watch something goofy on TV. Hey, let's um, whip out some steak tonight. What? It's a Tuesday. So what? <laughs> I'm feeling it, you know? And being able to interchange between those two has helped the relationship dynamic because she knows that no matter what's going on out there, I'm going to focus on how her emotional state is. I'm going to ensure that she's feeling good feeling good about life or taking life seriously and i know when to turn up each one given the time frame that it's in and i give you an example man a lot, you know with this with the capital riots going on and <clears throat> you know the capital riots going on and the you know 
contested election and COVID and, you know, microchips in the vaccine and the vaccine and all the, di- you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm not saying that the, the vaccines have microchips. That's not biologically possible that they would be able to do something like that. I don't think, uh, or at least not yet. But in any case, I'm not saying that that's what it was. I'm just saying all the different what ifs that were going on? What if our country falls apart? What if everything burns, burns up? And, and what if there's a civil war? And what if, what if, what if, what if, what if fear, right? When all of that fear was going on, my, my wife and I were cracking open bottles of wine and eating steak, okay? When everything is good, <clears throat> it's important that I say, hey, you know, we actually need to get into scripture today. You know, we actually need to make sure that we understand our role here while we're here on God's earth is what we're supposed to be doing. And being able to, again, interchange between those two creates a good dynamic. She can trust you to set the tone in a way that is going to, again, lead her back to God and put her back in a good relationship with you and a good dynamic with you there's a lot there's a lot of uh times that i was out with with friends and stuff and uh you know we'd get into you know politics while the ladies were around and uh we get into you know the weight of reality going on and you know what <clears throat> when we're hanging out with our with our our wives and in a group dynamic or whatever the case is it's good just to have a good time <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's good just to chill and and crack jokes and you know play board games and 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 make times good you know because there's there's they get enough of the gloom and doom out there they get enough of the you know i call it fear porn <laughs> they get enough of that out there the 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 dynamic with you should always be something that she looks forward to the dynamic in your home should be something she wants to come home to. And if you set a dynamic up where your wife wants to be around you, enjoys your company, enjoys the feeling that you give her, you have set yourself as a man among men. You're unique in that way. Because you make her feel something. You make, you make, it's safe for her to be her. You make the environment good. You make hard times good times. And that's what strong men do. And the last one, and this is really key. The last one's really important. It's number five. Avoid taking her harsh emotions personally. <laughs> now, I just said, Jonathan, you just said that we got to make her feel good. And now you're saying she's going to give us harsh emotions. She should never give us harsh emotions. <laughs> All I'll say to you is if you think that you being good and, and making her feel safe and all that, and you think it's not going to come from time to time where you're not doing that well and you don't get, you know, some harsh pushback, keep on living. <laughs> stay, stay married just a little longer. You'll see. You'll see, man. Heart, look. They're par for the course and you're not going to, you know, you're not going to do the communication piece right always. You're not going to set the tone the right way always. And there's sometimes where you could be doing your absolute best and she is just mad. 
you know, maybe it's that time of the month, maybe she's, you know, pregnant and she's got some emotional flux going on there, whatever the thing is, um, emotional, emotionally harsh situations will happen and they happen with you. You know, you might've had a hard day and you take, you take it out on her, right? It's, it's, it's a human thing. It's a sin thing, you know, um, don't take it personal. Even if it is, even if she's coming at you in a personal way, don't take it personal. Again, going back to number one, you have to diffuse the situation, separate yourself from it. Almost think of yourself as a third party observing two people and just say, huh, that's really weird that she's reacting that way. Right. That's really strange. Um, Again, going back to the sock thing, the sock example, you know. It may sound, she may call you lazy. (laughs) She may call you lazy. She may personally attack you. But you got to understand that in that moment, because, you know, sin is present, she's not aware of what she's doing. Not to the extent, not the extent of, of, of where your mind is at. You're thinking, this woman doesn't know all that I do for her. You know what I'm saying? She's not even willing to thank me for all that I do for her. She's talking to me about some socks. <laughs> and I, I would turn to the example of Christ in that moment. Because Christ didn't deserve what he got on the cross. Christ didn't deserve the, the betrayal of his closest friends. He didn't deserve the betrayal of an entire uh, his entire people group, Israel, the Jews. He didn't deserve it. But what did he say when he went on the cross? What did he say when he took the L of the cross? And of course, it wasn't an ultimate L, right? Because we know that he rose in glory on the third day. Amen. But when he took that abuse, he prayed to the father and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They don't understand the gravity of what it is that they're doing because sin has so encroached on their mind that they don't understand what they're really doing. So I'm not going to take it personal. I'm just going to pray to the Lord and say, forgive them because they don't understand. And you have to take that same approach with your wife is understanding that in that moment that she's coming at you hard and she's, she's, she's not the loving, sweet, warm, tender woman that that you thought she would be in that moment. Again, it's in that moment. Now, if this is consistent, then you need to, probably talk with your pastor and you need to see about counseling because there shouldn't be a consistent amount of disrespect in your relationship. Something is wrong. If that's happening, if you're consistently being disrespected, consistently coming home to intense, harsh emotions, you're either not delivering or she is dealing with some resentment from, you know, her family or something. And you need to get that addressed with your pastor or with a counselor. But if it's a one-off situation every now and then, then you need to you need to pray internally and just be like, you know what? She don't know. <laughs> she don't know what her words are doing to me right now. She don't know that that her saying all this is doing this to me right now. So I'm going to take again the high road, leading her back to God, leading her back to the Father, and I'm not going to react to that. And if you manage to do that, bro, on a consistent basis, I'm telling you, your marriage will be blessed. And I'm going to tell you something else. 
This is, just, this is your big brother Jonathan talking to you, okay? Your marriage bedroom will be blessed, <laughs> okay? If you can master the art of response instead of reacting, dude, you're the coolest guy she's ever met. Calm, cool, collected, rock. Rock of a man. And that's what we aim to do here on the podcast. That's what we aim to focus on is becoming rocks of men. If you found this valuable, gents, I hope you did. Please leave a rating or review on Apple iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I, I, I'm, one, one day I'm going to read some of those because some of those are funny uh, and, and I like them. Um, so, yeah, leave a rating or review on Apple iTunes. Uh, that's how we get uh, recognition. That's how those things get served up to other audience, uh, potential audience members. Follow us on IG as well, at Being Husband P-O-D. That's at Being Husband Pod on Instagram. I release content there regularly. A lot of, you could call them blog posts, I guess, to some degree. And um, we get into some topics that, that, you know, maybe we don't cover on the podcast. So I hope you guys would follow me on there as well. Share with a friend, share with a neighbor, uh, any man that, that wants to be better at doing this thing called husbanding. And it's with that, gents, like I always tell you, I want to thank Octave Studios again for the intro, outro, those smooth, smooth sounds by Octave Studios. I'll say, as always, gents, take care and build on. Wait.